and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I'm Brandon. With me, as always, is Stephen. Today, talking about fitting in versus standing out. Um, before we really get into the topic, I always want to remember this. We now have a voicemail box set up for you guys to call in. I know that typing out a long email might be so hard, so if you just want we don't to want to inconvenience in, you guys. No, absolutely not. So you can now call into 513-427-EMG5. Again, that's 513-427-EMG5. Or if you like to uh, write novels, you can also write at us at uh, emgpod at gmail.com. So um, today, again, the concept being fitting in versus standing out. We'll really split up these two topics to start off, what it means to fit in, where that comes from, um, why is it important to us, and then we'll talk about standing out, um, where that comes into play, what it means, and why it's important. Um, Then we'll kind of talk about the context of both. You know, is there times when fitting in actually does have more value than standing out and vice versa? Um, wrapping it up with our final thoughts, maybe talk a little bit uh, about I'm back here in Chicago again. Uh, so I'm pretty pumped about that. And uh, we'll then tease our next episodes and uh, send you guys off. So With some laughs in between. Laughs in between, for sure. All right, so let's do it. Uh, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of the concept of fitting in? Well, first thing I think of actually is in school when you're uh, you're a little kid and someone's like, Making you feel insignificant because you're not part of the cool crowd or you're not one of those it people. That's yeah. that's the first thing that comes to comes to my mind. What about you? Yeah, probably. I think high school specifically was the first time I remember um, it becoming, you know, a, a, an idea of well, I got to fit in to be even noticed or whatever. Which sounds kind of counterintuitive. You would think standing out is what gets you noticed, but. There's this this huge. It still does. I mean, the the the, the goth kid who had like a million chains on his pants and stuff yeah. like that. That person definitely stood out. Yeah, and got attention. But definitely yeah. got attention. So, I mean, the I guess the concept maybe of fitting in is a sort of attention thing. Maybe like maybe we we desire that attention, and so we want to fit in to to groups to to acquire that. Do you think maybe that's where it comes from? Yeah, it's the feeling of I don't want to be alone. It, it's kind of like those those experiments where they they do in school where if you have like, if if a question is asked by a teacher and it's like who here has done this and if everyone raises their hand and you you haven't done it before, you're still going to be like, well, I don't want anyone to know that I haven't done this thing before. So I guess I'm going to raise my hand too because no one wants to be singled out. Right. Well, and I think the other end of that is a lot of people didn't like to participate, I remember, in school. And so you were kind of, almost if you did stand out, you were kind of a dweeb. Like, I remember people hating the fact that I participated in certain things because I would always raise my hand. And I told the story in our lessons from high school. My parents went to those parent-teacher conferences, and all my teachers loved me because I was so... I was such a, such a good participator, but any of my classmates just couldn't stand me. I feel like, but yeah. What about in our uh, in our math class? You were always answering questions. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, I guess a professor <laughs> was it a professor? I, I forget. I don't remember her name. I forget her name too. Normally, I feel like I got I, I I'm good with the names. But she watches this too. She's gonna be pissed. Oh, she's definitely gonna be pissed. But now that we found out that my grandpa actually has listened to this show, this show before, <laughs> yeah, we did find that out. Which I mean, that's pretty cool because we've talked not to get too off topic, but we've talked about how there needs to be more uh, of a mutual respect dialogue between generations, whereas it shouldn't just be like older generations should just bash millennials and millennials shouldn't just bash older generations. So it's cool to hear that uh, someone of that generation might listen to this and, you know, start a dialogue. So that's that's pretty cool. 100%. But I, I don't think, I know when we talked about fitting in, we were really focused on like high school and middle school and things like yeah, that. Yeah. But I... I mean, part of the reason why I even brought up this topic at all was we, we had kind of touched over a little bit of this in previous episodes, but I just, I don't think that the idea of fitting in ever really disappears. And I no. feel like it just, it, it, 
is consistently moving along with you in, in different ways. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, pretty much any environment you kind of go on to, whether it's your career or not even career, just your job in general, or um, I, I guess just any sort of social group, you have this desire to be a part of something in some way, shape, or form. You, you know, you said the, the concept of nobody wants to be alone, so there is this inherent desire to fit in with something and, and be a part of something, maybe like a community aspect um, almost. But I mean, where do you think or when do you think it does become more prevalent? Do you know a specific time in which it kind of sparked for you? Would that be like high school or middle school middle or school. middle school? Middle school for me was when I, I started really taking notice of like who who was the, the cool kids and who I would theoretically want to aspire to be in the school yeah so there would be uh i I remember specifically in middle school there would be trends with shoes like there would be oh these specific adidas shoes that everybody would get Uh, all the cool kids would get it and if you didn't have those then you you didn't fit in with the rest of the group and that feeling of not fitting in a lot of people it's like it's like you kind of take it two ways you either gravitate towards it because you want to feel that that fitting in or you kind of go against the grain and you you isolate yourself and a lot of times those people flock together as well because they're all the people who isolated themselves yeah well it, now that you bring up middle school and and those concepts i remember a huge trend when i was in middle school in seventh grade specifically chicks loved skaters at my school yeah and maybe you see my hair now and you're like oh he's totally a skater (laughs) (laughs) i can see it (laughs) um but i was just like an athlete and i was in choir and stuff just not anywhere near the stereotypical skater thing but i started wanting to skateboard in seventh grade that's okay Uh, i got i got a skateboard too so yeah Yeah, well there was this this brand (laughs) called flip skateboards so that's the one that i got because of my last name i thought it was sick (laughs) oh man those are the good days but no i i mean there was this desire in me to um i i wonder if part of it also become it's kind of linked to uh like for me i wanted to start doing that because a lot of girls that i liked liked guys that skated do you think any of it comes from like a desire to be a, attractive? To, yes. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, the best example of that is in college joining fraternities. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that there's this this idea of oh, if I join a fraternity, then I'll get all these like really hot sorority chicks that'll be really into me, and it'll it'll increase my status so I look I look better to them, and that's it's totally a thing. Like the I I think it's it's human nature to want to attract the people that we're interested in so we we look for for ways to impress them in some way and unfortunately sometimes it comes in lame ways like you buy a skateboard or you try to become a part of something like becoming a part of something is used as a way to connect with other people yeah uh the the fraternity thing cracks me up because i i mean i'm from minnesota fraternities i don't remember being that big in minnesota like I don't remember them being like the cool kids, but at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, if you weren't in a frat, your chances to get like a relationship, like we're like we're down, yeah, we're way down. And I remember we probably talked about like the pressure of like, man, if I want to meet somebody, I do I have to join a fraternity, you know? Because that was just like girls went to frat houses for parties and uh, sororities had parties and stuff like that and i was like man i i kind of would want a girlfriend so should i join a frat and that's it's weird that that would be such an important thing like you think we could just decide on our own what's important to us but there's absolutely this desire to almost be attractive to the people that we're attractive to so we almost sacrifice what's like actually within ourselves to be what we think they might want. And we don't even know if that's actually what they want. No, a lot of times it's it's actually like the opposite of what they want. Yeah. Well, and it's the concept of do you want to be with somebody who is only into you because like you joined a frat? Yeah, so this is something I always (laughs) talk about. I, I, 
a huge pet peeve of mine are when guys decide to buy this like super like sick sports car or, like yeah. my dope motorcycle when I ask them you know why are you doing that like whoa like you know chicks are into are into this car and I'm like yeah ch- you know what kind of chicks are into that car not ones you want to be with right those are the kind of chicks that are into that car or into you riding a motorcycle like you should do things because you actually want to do them you should not try to entice people by buying a cool car or a sick jeep do you think there are moments though where fitting in actually has merit like is valuable yeah i mean there are moments where there are moments where you can't just keep and i think i think i might have hinted at this a little bit in a prior episode where you can try and be yourself all the time but there are certain instances where I mean, I act different around my grandparents yeah. than I act around you, or that I would act around, like, I don't know, a girl I have a crush on. No matter who you're around, you're going to act a little bit different because there are certain expectations to a certain degree. Like, good luck trying to be successful in a professional world by just always being yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I mean, there, you got to draw some lines, definitely. You definitely got to draw some lines. But do you think there is anything wrong with that? Do you think you should be able to, or we should maybe as a society encourage more often that people just 100% authentically be themselves no matter the scenario? Because I, I know that there's sometimes a context that comes with people that are really good at being a chameleon, so to speak. Yeah. Like, they're really good in different social situations. But sometimes that com- comes with a connotation of they're fake. They're not who, – who knows what this person is. So yeah. do you think we should encourage more often authenticity than, you know, situations like work where you got to be more appropriate or something like that? Yeah, we – it it should be encouraged, like it, it in general. It should be encouraged to promote who you are as a person. And we we've even realized in in the if we if we look at it, the professional workplace or the corporate environment, we have realized that over time that diversity actually is better for the company. You don't want everybody to just be same guy, different guy. Like that's right. not really the right way to do things. You do want people to bring different skill sets like you don't need if everybody in a company was me or if everyone in a company was you it wouldn't be a great company no like it's a, it's just that's where the innovation and creativity yeah the comes innovation from. comes from the the differing personality types and that's why like i get really frustrated when people say oh like you know you should go to school to become an engineer because you get paid well and i'm like no that's just it's just such stupid advice to just say that everyone should aim for like this certain thing like you don't even have to go to college and like we're going to talk about that more in a future episode but you don't have to you don't have to do anything in life like do like play up your strengths like that's a that's a a big part of things and a a big thing for me has as i get older and as i mature like you can't focus on always trying to fit into things you have to allow yourself to play up your strengths and sometimes that will require some fitting in because maybe your strengths do fit into a certain demographic or a certain something or other. But no, it's been proven that companies are more successful with diversity. So yeah, you should all be in alignment with maybe your core values, but you should embrace the the differences between one another. Yeah. I mean, the thing too is like once, once you start growing, I mean, if we, if we stick to the uh, concept of like a business or something, once you, if you're pushing to grow as a business, you're going to need more people to be involved and to to continuously find people with the exact worldviews and values and personalities that you have it's probably nearly impossible i mean you can find comparisons like i feel like we can draw um comparisons between people but essentially the more the more hands you have in the pot the the different you know, you're going to get different um, ways that people handle things, different ways that people look at adversity, just all that different stuff. And to try to control it to a point of wanting everyone to fit into a, a certain, I guess, area, maybe you're selling yourself short. But I do think that there is some value in um, when it comes to fitting in. As long as you're able to not do it to a point where you lose who you are at your core, maybe maybe that's what it what it comes down to. Fitting in in the sense of like 
maybe there's just a certain level of appropriateness. Like certain situations don't call for me giving all of myself. So I can kind of tame, you know, like the way that I might talk with you who knows me really well personally. And we might say some things that in other situations are looked at as like, maybe you shouldn't say that in public or something. You know, maybe that is okay as long as I'm not... I'm not sacrificing too much of myself. So maybe it's just finding that balance, so to speak. You think? No, I think everything you said is trash. I just... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, it's, it, the balance is, is super important. And, and knowing when to fit in and when to maybe be a little bit more like fully yourself, yeah. I think is, is a part of this. And I hate to say like knowing when to fit in. Because I feel like even that annoys me. Like someone saying, "Like, dude, you gotta know when to fit in." Like that. If someone actually yeah. told me that, I'd be like, "Okay, no, <laughs> don't say that to me." Mm-hmm. I, I maybe maybe the, there are just some obvious situations though where where it calls for um, a, a certain degree of, and, and maybe even fitting in isn't the right phrase for it. It's just literally, um, you know, not craving so much attention that you stand out a bunch i, I don't know you know do you know what i'm saying trying to say <laughs> no okay from from your perspective what was the time of your life where you felt like you struggled with the idea of fitting in um i mean not to keep going back to it but middle school and high school definitely i, I think because we're you're getting just overcharged with so much stimulation that you've never had before because your brain is developing in ways that it never has been capable of like like that seventh grade me Mm -hmm. wanted to be a skater like that i don't have the skill set to be a skater (laughs) it the 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 i guess crowd that you know skaters kind of gravitate towards weren't really people that were comparable to my worldview um or the way that i um, interacted or, you know, behaved, um, not to like stereotype skaters, but there are certain like groups that end up kind of forming. Um, but I struggled with the idea of like, I should go towards this cause a lot of my close friends do it and girls think it's hot. And, you know, I remember also there was this one guy who I was pretty close with growing up. He was like the stud athlete. You know, we, when you're growing up, like we all kind of have that one guy who matured physically faster oh, yeah. than everybody else. Yeah. And so he was just like a man amongst boys, like on the football field and the baseball field, everything. And everyone just thought he was hot. And so I remember now this is embarrassing, but I remember in sixth grade specifically, I remember I would watch how he walked and I would try to emulate it because I was like, chicks think he's hot. I should try to walk like he walks. And I think it actually fucked up my posture. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like, that's how important fitting in became. I wanted to be, I saw what he had or my depiction of what he had and I thought it was special. And I wanted to cling to that. And I was like, this is important to, to grasp. So I need to maybe, maybe it's the way he walks that is attractive or something like that. And so I started doing things that were unnatural that I think might have actually fucked up my, my body. Um, and then uh, in high school too, I think I've talked about the the fact that I didn't drink. And so there were uh, times when I think I lost some really close friends because um, I didn't know how to navigate you know, communicating that, Hey, I'm okay with the fact that you guys do it just cause I don't do it. And there was a, a definitely a tough time trying to figure out how to fit in. Cause those are people I cared about. Um, but what about you? I mean, do you have thoughts on or memories in which it was tough for you? Well, yeah. Cause I was, I was thinking from your perspective and then I'll, I'll, I'll talk about mine a little bit, but did you feel bad or guilty or what, what, what was the general emotion when you tried to walk like and, and, and emulate someone else for your benefit um <laughs> i'm trying to get into sixth grade brandon's head yeah right and now. i know i know it's tough um i feel like i was i uh, kind of self-loathing before i was trying it 
Like I, the reason I wanted to try it was because I'm not as good as this guy. I need to be like this guy. But then I think it even amplified because me trying to emulate him was just my... I was being an imposter of something that I wasn't. And it was also all in my own fucking head. I don't think that I was smart enough to dissect it to that point at that time. Um, but I think it was just a downward spiral of self-loathing. Like, I'm not good enough. I'm not as good as him. Then I'm not good enough to even pretend like I'm him. And then it was just this whatever. And then eventually, like, eighth grade, I eighth grade, it was weird. I, I just, like, stopped giving a shit. And I just was like everything's easy now for some reason because maybe maybe it was just because i was the the top dog in the school yeah. or something like that but uh but yeah quit yeah, asking yeah. me questions <laughs> give your perspective no, no, damn no, it's, it. it's the news reporter coming out of me and also just i mean i'm curious for your perspective because this this is a, a a topic for that describes like my middle school high school years completely or like at least halfway through my high school years where this idea of of fitting in, like I did not have an identity. I always said that I'm a, I was like a very generic kid for a lot of my childhood because didn't have like very high self esteem. I was okay at sports, but I was never great. So that was one of the only activities I actually did. Yeah. So not being super good at it, you can imagine I was just like, well, like. I'm never going to be who I want to be in this, and this is the only thing I do, so I guess I'm just an average guy. That's just Steven. So I struggled with, in sports, and then I struggled with girls. I had zero self-confidence. I was super nervous around them. So my idea was is maybe I would just grow into being this awesome person. And I always held on to that because I felt like every year of my life, I got a little bit better at everything. Like a little bit, maybe a little bit more handsome, a little bit better at sports. <laughs> um, just a little bit more confident. I was like, ah, you know, slow, slow and steady wins the race. And along the way, I would always look at people who I perceived to be better at sports or just be- better at anything than me. And I would emulate, I would try to emulate them and be like, okay, maybe if I wore this, then I could be like them, but like a worse version of them, admittedly, but some- somewhat similar. Yeah. And then I, in sports, I would look and be, well, I can dribble a basketball like this person, and then I'll be a worse version, but I'll get some, like, maybe a girl who's almost as cool as the girl that he could get. (laughs) And I really had sold myself on this idea of, I can be a worse version of someone else, but that's okay. Like, that's just who I'm meant to be, is a worse version of someone else. And in hindsight, it makes me incredibly sad, because it's, it was such a, it was such a bad way to look at things. And then, as I have stated in probably two or three previous episodes, around the age of 15 or 16, I had a total mindset shift of, you know, I've spent all all of this time trying to fit in with people, and I've ended up just being a shittier version of other people. Yeah. When what I should try doing is do all the things I really want to do and see if people like that. (laughs) Like, see if people now gravitate towards me. And I heard some quote about I'd rather be a, a leader, a follower. No, I'd rather be a leader of one than a follower of many, or something. Yeah. And that quote got embedded into my mind, and I, I thought this was something new because I'm not going to just keep being the person I was before. And it sort of started with I'm going to listen to whatever music I. Like I started just browsing iTunes and trying to find new music to listen to, and then I found bands I was really into. And that was one of the first things I did. And then I was, I, I looked at myself in the mirror one day and saw what I was wearing. And I was like, you know, everyone's cutting their hair really short and wearing American Eagle or this and that. And I don't want to do this. I think that it'd be cool if I grew out my hair long and I just wore whatever I wanted to wear. And it just slowly but surely I started creating my own identity as to who I was instead of trying to be like someone else. Wow. Yeah, that I, it is kind of a development, I guess. I, I, I guess it's a good segue into standing out, really. Like, so that was your kind of development into. All right, I'm going to stand out as my own, my, like my individualistic self. What does it mean then to stand out to you? I think it's it's dropping the fear of what if people don't like who I am 
as a person and just trusting i'm a firm believer in the people that matter in your life are, are going to be there for you and if people aren't going to be your friend because of the way that you dress or the way that you some of the activities that you partake in within reason obviously if you're yeah. in a gang and you're murdering people and someone doesn't want to be your friend probably be okay with that they need to support you they don't your need decision they don't need to support you in that <laughs> case <laughs> at all but yeah the the idea of not intentionally standing out don't like not pushing it too far yeah because at that point you're also you're on the other end of the spectrum where you're you're like you're still fake because you're uh-huh. trying to stand out instead of just like yourself should be effortless that's the point of yeah. what it means to, to be yourself and that can stand out in it on its own but to like push yourself to be like i'm an individual because i do er- like those people who only like music that nobody else has ever heard of or like <laughs> oh yeah indie movies that no one's ever seen but then as soon as people start liking it they're like i don't like it anymore oh yeah like the, the everyone says yeah Oh my goodness, yeah. And the thing is, is I will admit that I started to get to the point where I started to see myself go into the path where I had gone a little bit too far the other way, but I stopped it because I was like, wait a second, am I just doing this because I'm just trying hard now to stand out from things? And then that's when I, over time, I've leveled myself out. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, getting to that point at at some time, I mean, I, I think that's all a part of finding out who you are. You you kind of find out, wait, am I doing this because I want to fit in? Am I doing this because I want to stand out? Or am I doing this because this just is something I love or I, I appreciate? It is, again, that balance, that middle ground in between those things. You don't have to try to do things just to be part of an in crowd you don't have to do things to separate yourself to to prove how much of an individual you are you just do the things that you like yeah, or just just be just be yourself because everybody the the cliche that you know no no two people are alike like ev- everyone is different and you should play that up like not 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 to preach on oh you know just be yourself man but why i i i'm i'm always confused and and i i have some sympathy towards people who Maybe I like this because in the past I saw myself be like that. But why would you just want to be a worse version of someone else? Yeah. It's just stupid. It's like you have the potential to be the best version of you and just do all the things that you want. And the only thing that's in the way of that is other people around you telling you this or that who don't even know you. So don't act like if someone if someone tells you like, you know, I don't see you as a – I got my, um, my ears pierced when I was 19 years old. And a couple of people would be like, I don't see you as the earrings person. And I'm like, I don't really care what your opinion is of what person you you see me as. Like, I wanted to get my ears pierced. I wanted to get earrings. And I don't really care that you don't like that because it doesn't affect you at all. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and I think shutting out that external noise is a big part of, you know, maybe within the concept of standing out, there, what it really can come down to, boil down to, is this idea of you you block out anything that's trying to uh, cause conformity not that anything i mean we everybody has their interests and we're going to find comparisons between some group of people or other people but just the ability to block out the people that your life doesn't impact them at all, but they try to act like like a decision, like getting your ears pierced matters to them, or it has any bearing at all on how they live their life. Being able to block that out and just be like, you know, fuck it, I don't, I don't <laughs> right? care at all. You know, your opinion on my earrings, <laughs> like I like them. I think they look stylish. I'm gonna wear them. Who cares? Yeah. And I also feel like people draw their conclusions as to who you are as a person. Like tattoos are a a big thing, I remember. Like, oh, that's the kind of person that has tattoos? What the fuck does that mean? I hate that. I really, really hate this. The the vast generalization on if you have tattoos that it means that you're this type of person. You can't – you cannot vast – you cannot just see one person or two people and just make a huge – generalization on every type of person just because of your 
minimal experience on it. Yeah. It's tough sometimes, I get it, but man, it's also really frustrating sometimes. So, just like we asked ourselves, when did fitting in become more prevalent? I'm curious, what the desire to fit in became more prevalent. Do you think there was a specific time when the desire to stand out became more prevalent? Did you actually have a specific desire that I need to stand out? Or was it more a desire of just be myself? Or do you think those are the same? I think... The, so when I went to um, when I graduated high school and I went to Kent State as a freshman, so I was what eighteen years old. I felt like when I was there, I, I there were so many people on the campus that there was a part of me that was like, wow. Now all of a sudden I'm really small in the whole scope of everybody here. It almost did feel like you know when you sit you sit in a, when you're normal you're normally sitting in a classroom of what twenty to 25 people probably when I was in high school and middle school. Now all of a sudden I go to college and one of my first classes has 100 people in it. And I remember sitting down and looking around at everyone and thinking, wow, I don't really matter. That this professor is never going to get to know me. And this is just going to be a small little blip on the whole scope of my life. And that was a very humbling moment of really nothing I did before really matters anymore. Like all of high school... I don't have to see those people ever again if I don't want to. Now I'm in a classroom of 100 people. And then once I leave college, which is also a little bubble in itself, then now I'm just, I mean, look at me now. I'm in a city of 2.7 million people. I don't, I don't stand out. Like, when I walk down the street, no one's like, whoa, that's the guy. <laughs> that's <laughs> no the one, guy. No one's saying that. Maybe someday they will. I don't know. But my point is, that's a very, that's a very humbling moment. <laughs> that's just the like, guy. That's a very humbling moment of just being like, I don't, I really don't matter, and I, I could. Yeah. So I, why even think about it? This you is you shouldn't think about it. This is almost <laughs> a situation where ignorance truly is bliss. It's like there's there's no point in thinking about do I need to stand out here? Do I fit in here? It's just like no one freaking cares. No. So just do do your own thing. Exactly. And that's one thing I try to. A mindset that I put myself in sometimes where I'm like maybe nervous about how people will react. What I'll do is I'll pretend that I'm them and like what they did is what I would was going to be doing. And I'm like, I probably wouldn't even pay attention to it. I probably wouldn't give a shit at all. Like I wouldn't even react half the time. So it's like, why am I thinking about how they're going to react when if I was in their shoes, I probably wouldn't give a shit enough to even give that attention. So it's it's almost like... Quit thinking about it. Quit caring what other people, if you're fitting in or standing out, as long as whatever spectrum you land on is really just who you are. I mean, that's that. I guess that's the moral of the story is it's just if you can find – if you're going to pay attention to something, if you're going to think about something, think about who you are and what feels real to you and what's right for you and then – how it impacts other people in the, in, in the regards of you standing out or you fitting in doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. And, and what this, what this made me think about is when you get put in these types of environments, you start to actually realize what about yourself does stand out because now that you've got a, a much bigger scope of things, maybe you'll realize that not only like, I don't know, you were a better athlete than me growing up, so maybe you thought you were the bee's knees, but then if you go into a school with a lot more people, you start realizing, like, oh, well, you know, I'm not as good at certain things as I thought that I was in comparison to these people, but at, by the same token, you get put in these environments sometimes, and you actually realize you're, that you're more, you're better at certain things that you didn't even realize, that, like, how much you stand out in certain things. So sometimes being that little, that little, like person in a sea of thousands of people, you actually realize, wow. Um, one for me was um, acting in college that I didn't, I didn't get too nervous. I, I could just like go into an audition and do okay, and then do these roles. And I felt like I was actually pretty good. And people would, a lot of people would come up to me and be like, you know, that was a good performance of or, of, of this or that. And it's kind of cool. Like it feels better when you get it on a, on a big scope of things. And right. sometimes it's you really don't see your full s- strengths until you're put in an environment where you're compared against a lot of people. 
Well, and different environments, different uh, societies and cultures care more about other things. Uh-huh. So, for instance, when I was in Nashville, I didn't feel my music was as appreciated as when I went to Minneapolis. And a big reason is everybody and their mother is a singer-songwriter in Nashville. Like, everyone knows how to play guitar. Everyone, So I would, like, do these gigs, and sometimes I, I wouldn't get any attention at all. Like, it would just be, like... They're just continue eating their food. Maybe I'll get like, hey, that was a good job. But it wasn't like, well, that that good job isn't really going to help my career out at all. And then I go to Minneapolis and uh, I perform at an open mic night where there's like poetry and all this like diversity and what people are, are doing. And then I get up there and I sing and people are like, do you have an album? Do you, you know, and it was like, holy shit. <laughs> this is sick this is awesome like people are paying attention to it but i think it's almost just like well that's just because the environment is different it, it doesn't necessarily even mean that i stand out uh differently or that i'm better in minneapolis than i am in that i'm the same musician um i mean i was older when in minneapolis than so i was probably better in my craft but in, in regards to i guess generally what i was as a musician it was just one environment was used to musicians while the other one wasn't as accustomed to maybe talented musicians. Like people don't go to Minneapolis for music. Tons of people go to Nashville specifically for music. So it's a more desensitized thing. I wonder if you get into that in LA as well. Like just so many people, like people don't necessarily, I mean, I'm sure some people do, but I think a lot of times people go to LA to become something. Mm-hmm. So it's more like accepted to hear like, oh, I'm a aspiring musician or I'm an aspiring actor. Whereas you go to somewhere up in like the Midwest, it's like, what are you trying to do? I'm an aspiring musician. What? <laughs> you, what don't do you, just, you don't just <laughs> work for corporate America? What yeah. are you doing? <laughs> so that's probably a big part of it too, is just the environment in which you exist. So yeah, I mean, me in Tennessee, I really, I really stood out in Tennessee in comparison to when I went to Kent State because I was one of the only guys in the campus with earrings. Yeah, I'm the total northern stereotype where I'm, I'm very blunt, I'm very in your face, I'm aggressive, and I never realized how that was actually a different skill set than some people. Yeah, and I, I think the important thing within this isn't necessarily that discovering these environments make it so that this stuff matters. It almost is like discovering that environments have different like quantified ideas of what's important or what's special means it doesn't freaking matter because it's just that has nothing to do with you personally. It just has to do with how that environment. So if it is important for you to fit in as a musician um, you know, go to a place where there are a lot of musicians. If it's important for you to stand out as a musician, go to a, a place where there isn't a lot. You know, it's, it, it doesn't change who you are. So ultimately, it's just like do your own thing. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, you just do you. Do you? Yeah, dude, just do you, man. Just do you. Just do you. <laughs> um, do you think? Um, I guess we kind of have touched on this, but do you think it's specifically ever important to stand out? I think it's extremely important to stand out almost all the time, which, okay, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you the, the prime example. So I'm in Chicago, and this is why I, I feel like I've got some room to speak on this. I'm in Chicago here. There's 2.7 million people. There's a bunch of millennials that live in this city, and we're all trying to find our way in this world right now. A lot of us in our 20s or early 30s, and... There's, there's a job market that actually is decent. I will say the jo- job market is pretty decent right now. But the it, it, everyone you're going against has... Certain skill set. Has certain... certain like we all, we've, all got, we've all got resumes that we think are good. Mm-hmm. We've all got ambitions, this and that. But it's kind of hard to stand out when you apply to a job and like 100 other people apply to that same job. Like, why are they going to choose you over person X, Y, and Z? So there is in an environment like this, a, a, a need to do as much as you can, like to, to really step up and, and be the person that you, that, that, that is, that is desired. Like you, you can't just, you can't just blend into the crowd here. You got to find something 
you got to play up your strengths. You got to figure out what your thing is when you're here. And I've never felt that more than anywhere else. That part is huge, I think. Because if you just look at the, the concept of standing out as a generalized statement of, oh, I just need to stand out somehow, you know, that's where you can get into a place where you become an imposter. You're, you're faking the ability to stand out. It's playing up your own strengths. Yes. It's like yeah, 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 highlighting yeah. the fact that, hey, I'm a thinker. So I'm going to show these people that I'm going to think about things more than any, any other applicant that they have on this stuff. Like I'm going to dissect things in a way that nobody else that's applying for this same job is. Yeah, like be, be self-aware of your, your strengths and – not everyone is good at the same things. It's just common common fact. We can't all be the best at everything. But you, you've got something. That's why I hate when people are just like, I'm not good at anything. Nothing makes me more mad than when someone says, I'm not good at anything. Because I've never found one person who's not good at anything. I'm, trust me, I try. Sometimes I like, there are people where I meet and I'm like, man, this person is pretty bad at most things. But there's always something that yeah. you can do, even if it's just... You have really good work ethic. Maybe you suck at basically everything that you do, but you've got better work ethic than a lot of those people. You know what that, that'll do? That'll take you places because if you have that work ethic, you can make yourself better at things and then you can be reliable and even being reliable is a good skill set. So knowing, like, I know for me that I'm not a patient person. I'm not patient. So if I were going to be like a, a software developer, I would lose my mind. I could not sit there and try to plug away at the problems. Like I would get frustrated and I would lose my mind. So I know that there are certain things that I am not good at and there are certain things that I am good at. And as a result, I play up my strengths. I look for jobs that play up my strengths. I look for uh, – in my interviews, I have – I. I mentioned that I have weaknesses, but like, and it's okay to have weaknesses. Yeah. Like it's totally Everybody fine. Everybody does. Yeah. It's totally fine to have your weaknesses. Like that's, that's a part of life. But if you want to really stand out, find what your strength is and become the best you possibly can at it. And then you won't feel like you have to be a shitty version of someone else. You can become the best version of you and actually be happy and proud to be that person. And that has been a huge part of Chicago to me is is actually like navigating that because when I first got here I was working a job with like 700 people or something and I just felt like like a, just like a little like cog there like I feel like how am I going to stand out in this environment but in spending a little over a year there I was able to figure out okay these are my strengths these are the things that I want going forward and I was able to develop an educated decision on okay this is my next pivot and sometimes you just have to be aware of things going on in your life and then and then adjusting well i almost <laughs> in that employment i almost feel like maybe you weren't aware of what strengths you had until you were forced to think like okay how am i gonna stand out here and then you're like okay what are my strengths i got a really good freaking work ethic i mean was that how it was for you yes it, 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 like literally exactly because it was like 20 of us that got hired at the same time we were all like in the same room and i looked around at this room and i'm like this is a lot of I mean, Chicago has a lot of super talented people, and I tend to always be in professions that are very, like, big personalities, so it can be a little bit intimidating to put yourself in that environment, and I remember sitting there, like, soon, like one of my first days in Chicago, looking around and thinking, I'm not going to beat all these people at everything, and I have to just, like, own up to that right now. Like, there are going to be things here, like, there is something to learn from every single person in this room, and instead of having that, like... The, the attitude that I hate of just like, oh, man, I suck. I'm going to go home. I'm going to cry. I can't do this. Like, I would sit in the room and look around and try to take, like, a little bit of something that I liked from every single person and then incorporate it with myself and realizing, like, I can learn from this and I can become the best version of me. And, you know, pretty pretty early on, I, I realized this is not – my future is not going to be at this company doing this, but I'm going to learn everything that I can right now and not try to – fit in per se but try to find things pick and choose things that i like to bring with me on the next journey yeah well and i think another uh key aspect of that situation was again is something that we touch on a lot within these topics is you were kind of put in a situation where you were uncomfortable so you were forced to figure that stuff out you had competitive a uh, competitive nature in which I've got to not necessarily beat people out, but I have to like 
be the best at what I do. So, you, you know, you're pushing yourself to not just like sink back into the crowd, but more stand out in front of it. And so how do I do that? I, I got to push myself to become that. And that's where, again, like the bubble of fitting in can be, you just stay in your comfort zone all the time. It can be detrimental to your personal growth because you don't you don't have those situations where it's like I got to step up my game. I have to realize what I'm good at, what I'm bad at, and not necessarily avoid what you're bad at, but maybe work to get better at those things or work to set your out for you set yourself up for success in those areas as well so that they don't hurt you as much as they normally might. But it's all about that certain environment in which things become more uncomfortable. So you have to push yourself past this threshold of being able to um, take in the uncomfortability almost. Yeah. So it, a big part of this fitting in thing, I think, is that people are afraid to go on to these, these journeys alone. Like people are afraid to to be different sometimes in the group because they don't know how it's going to be uh, perceived by the other people around them, and we get afraid. Like pe- people in general, like we get we get afraid of uh, of these reactions and stuff. But my my thing is like you you can't like you can't just always be afraid to to take that step forward. Like you you have to realize sometimes you just have to push yourself. Well, it's not even that you can't be afraid. It's that you can't let the fear paralyze yes. you. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, that's yeah. the big yeah. You can't let the fear. You can't let the fear paralyze you because when I was in in that environment, I could have just conformed and did exactly what everyone else was doing. But I mean, that would have only gotten me so far. What I did was I saw like this is a temporary thing. I'm not going to be here forever. I'm not blind to this borderline cult that I'm a, a part of right now <laughs> like I'm not blind like I you have to actually see what is the reality of the situation and then f- from there like the I, I I I've noticed in in like the, the jobs that I've had in, in in different things I've done like you always hear this oh work hard work hard you know you'll be successful if you work hard but there's so much more to life than just working hard and people say you know work smart like working smart, I interpret in maybe different ways than some people, but it's like you can't just always do what everybody tells you to do because if you always do that, you never innovate and you never really get to where you want to go. Part of it, it's work hard and innovate. So don't be the guy that they can always depend on who never asks for a promotion. They just come in every day. They make like a 100 phone calls. They, they just play by the book every day. Those are not the most valuable people. They're not the most valuable people. Those are not the people in life who go the furthest. It's the people who have that super hard work ethic and they innovate because they're not afraid to fit out and stand out from everybody else. Well, and I know that from personal experience because I feel like a lot of times I get in the habit of like, I'm just going to put my nose to the grindstone. I'm not going to ask for anything. I'm just going to you know, work harder than anybody else. And sometimes that gets noticed, but sometimes you got to be like, okay, but what am I doing that's new? I, they're they're going to use me, you know, especially in a business circumstance, if they're getting it out of me, like I'm working maybe even over what I'm supposed to be doing, like I'm going above and beyond. If they're getting that out of me and I'm getting paid minimum wage, it, it, it's sad to think of it this way because it's like you just want to encourage people to work as hard or s- smart as they can, but it's almost like you have to be smart within yourself about what you're putting into things because you don't want to be used. You have to kind of value your own self in the sense that, hey, if I'm going above and beyond, eventually I'm going to need some sort of compensation. It doesn't actually need to be money, but maybe like a, a promotion to a place that might get me to the next step or you know whatever the case may be. So it's paying attention within yourself of um, you know, just because I'm working really hard doesn't mean everything's going to come my way. It means that working hard should maybe get me something, but I'm going to have to maybe work smart about how that working hard can get me somewhere i'm having a trouble a hard time (laughs) articulating it but it's just like paying attention to your own value and um i guess trying to capitalize on it so to speak yeah just being aware of things going on around you is, is a big part of it and then once you realize that 
because we all do. We all do realize when things when something is starting to get a little bit wrong. We just get afraid sometimes to to speak up or to ask for that promotion or ask those tough questions. And I'm all about asking those tough questions. And more, the older I get, the more I'm just like, you know what? What's the worst thing that happens? This person doesn't give me a promotion. This person tells me that to go kick rocks. Well, I'd rather have that than just sit there and and wonder what you know what could have been. Well, the other thing too is, I mean, it, it's it's more difficult to justify it in a professional sense because you don't want to just get fired. No, but. <laughs> If I get fired or let go because I'm asking for something that I think that I'm valued, I should be valued at, you probably shouldn't be working at that freaking job anyway. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what I always say whenever someone's like, but, you know, what if they don't give me this promotion? I'm like, well, then great. Then get out the of question. there. <laughs> they don't work there anymore. Yeah, exactly. Because clearly they don't value you the way that you feel like you should be valued. And within, I mean, within reason, there are people sometimes right. who just want promotions for doing nothing. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't like that, though? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, what's the saying? The, the uh, squeaky wheel is the one that gets the grease. I can't stand that because it does happen a lot of times where I'm, like, busting my ass compared to somebody else. But they're just smarter than I am about asking for things. And they and so they're, they're the squeaky wheel. They're going to get the grease over me even though I'm over here busting my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a Minnesota expression. Uh, I never, I've never you heard that. No. No, no, we don't. Everybody, know. call in and email and tell Butch how. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Once, once again, five one three four two seven EMG five. Because we're we better can... than four. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be that's around. That's what it is now. That's the new thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's we're gonna be around for longer than four ever. Yeah, five ever. Um, we kind of had talked about the last topic a little bit, but I guess maybe if we want to hone into it again, um, or dial into it do you think there is a black and white answer to which of these meaning fitting in versus standing out there's a black and white answer to which is more valuable or do you think it definitely depends on the context in which these situations can arise don't think there's black and white much of anything i just i'm not you know Neither of us are super black and white about most things. But Sam says everything's black. But and Sam black. says, yeah, uh, see, uh, see episode seven <laughs> if you want to learn more about what Sam has to say about things being black and white. Um, no, there's no black and white, and I think it's more important to stand out than it is to fit in. My personal opinion on it is when you not not to push yourself intentionally to stand out, but to be yourself play up your strengths, focus on your strengths, and by default, you will stand out because everybody is a unique individual. We're all just wonderful snowflakes. I don't stand by this. <laughs> I'm just um, I think uh, a big thing that you touched on earlier that makes standing out more valuable to me, um, if, if I were to say that it's more black and white, in, in any regard, it's the idea of playing up your strengths. That's what stands out. Um, you know, you might have the, the same strengths as some other people or comparable strengths to other people, but understanding what your strengths are and really utilizing them to their full force um, can allow you to stand out above a crowd. Um, but I think, I think it definitely does kind of come down to the context in which certain situations are like like we said there are some times when me dropping f-bombs even though i like to drop f-bombs isn't 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 appropriate for you know a work environment if i'm in a meeting with uh you know big clients or something you know i i shouldn't be just throwing around f-bombs because it might make people uncomfortable there's also you have to be aware of like other people's feelings and 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 like just empathetic in some regards so just me just being myself saying screw everybody else i'm just myself and i'm an individual i'm not going to care about what it that part i feel like you're taking it to an extreme where it's just it's not appropriate in that regard like there should be some sort of empathy within um context of situations yeah like the whole like pretentious hipster it's not for us 
Don't speak for us. <laughs> it's not for me, yeah. that's for sure. I love Brandon, Brandon I loves. love pretentious hipsters. Yeah, Brandon is all about pretentious hipsters. <laughs> I you know what? It's not my right to speak for you on pretentious hipsters. You mother <laughs> Sorry, Grandma. <laughs> and now that I know that my grandma listens to this sometimes, I guess we gotta We gotta bleep out. We gotta, we gotta start bleeping out this the swear words. <laughs> We, ca- we have to stop being ourselves now. We have to stop you know, being ourselves. We have to be what's appropriate for just your grandma. We got to start fitting into what the podcast needs. <laughs> <laughs> well, the podcast world. I mean, do you have any final thoughts? I mean, we, I feel like we've talked about yeah, pretty we, much everything yeah, that we needed um, to. Final thoughts. I don't, I don't know. If, I mean, I don't have anything like specifically on my, my final thoughts. Um, final question... Okay. No, I'll give you a final question. Ooh. What do you think was the most lame thing that you've ever done to try and fit in? <laughs> do you have an example in mind? Like, because I might need to think about like it. Like getting a like a goofy haircut, or like you bought a shirt, or just something like that that you did just to try to be cool. Um. <laughs> Uh, when I was in elementary school, I used to uh, do the frosted tips. Ah, uh, yes! <laughs> I would get highlights in my hair because I thought that, I think one time a girl like said it was cute or something, so I was like, this is my look now. <laughs> that's, what was, that's what I was waiting for, frosted tips. You know, I didn't have the courage to get, I wanted frosted tips so bad because I thought, like, uh, like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, I thought those guys were so cool. Thought they got like all the all the chicks. Yeah, ma'am. I was I, I, I was the, the Justin Timberlake of third grade. <laughs> you were the LeBron James of Justin Timberlake. Yeah, you were the Justin Timberlake. They don't even know that joke, so we're just like <laughs> speaking just for ourselves. Uh, See, that's what it's about. We're just being natural. Yeah, this is just natural jokes, <laughs> inside jokes that make it onto the podcast now. <laughs> I, I mean, wish <laughs> what's that saying? I wish I was on the inside of an inside joke once. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah, yours is yours is pretty good. I mean, my entire life, I feel like was <laughs> growing up was a lot of just sad attempts to try to like be cool, and it never worked. That's and the it, thing. it honestly just never worked. <laughs> That's all right. I think you're cool. I mean, I've I've come a long way in the coolness department. I mean, I got I got ripped jeans. <laughs> Are those the same jeans that you wore on one of our previous episodes? Uh, How about you get some more clothes? So. I don't dude. think so, man. <laughs> They're my lucky jeans, but these are totally different jeans. They don't look the same. These are just totally different holes. One part that I did feel embarrassed about was um, on a previous, on a couple episodes, um, I wore the same hoodie twice. <laughs> but it was because I was in Chicago and I only had a few. Uh, I didn't even know articles that. of clothing. Well, I, now everybody knows it. So <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I have anything that's like too embarrassing. Um, I, I had like an embarrassing relationship where I was my girlfriend called me when I was over at my friends, and I was like, "Well, uh, I'm staring at a blank TV right now." When <laughs> she asked me what I was doing, and all my friends just like ripped me apart for being bad at relationships. <laughs> When was this? In like seventh grade. That's like just didn't know how to handle relationships back then. But I would I wear like the sweatbands and, and baseball and stuff. I did anything to make myself look cool, honestly. But that's uh, that's about it. Um, I don't think I have anything else. Yeah, I'm good. I already uh just lost all credibility with the frosted tips thing. So pretty much, I think we should just move on. <laughs> pretty much. All right, so. Next episode we're going to do is the education in America, so higher education in America. So anytime after the age of 18, we're going to yeah. do a deeper dive into our thoughts on that. As always, to keep in touch with the show, you can find us in all of your podcast apps. And we also have an Instagram now, at EMGpod, so you can DM us with any questions. We also have a number now, the 513 513- 427-EMG5, and if you want to find all of our unique handles, we've been told that they're too long at the end of the episode, so feel free to message us on any of those platforms, and I will 
give you this. Yeah, and hopefully by the time this uh, episode airs, we'll have a website uh, for the Everything Must Go podcast, and it will literally be everythingmustgopodcast.com. So um, hopefully we'll have a way, you know, if, if you aren't familiar with what apps are compatible with your phone or something, uh, we'll have a way that you can click on something and, and uh, bring you right to it. So we'll be working on that. Hopefully it's ready to go by the time this episode airs. Also keep a lookout for the spotlight episodes that we've been posting at this point. We would have two, I believe, with uh, Sean Crow of iCode Hire Me and Winebox Poppy, which is actually... Uh, why I am here in Chicago um, for that spotlight episode. So definitely give that a listen. Um, and yeah, as always, give us give us a call, give us an email with comments or questions. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll check you guys later. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take it easy. Bye.